0: Are you ready? Yeah. I'm Maddie.
1: I'm Ryan. And this, this is the Mutant Ages.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Do you want to do it? Do you want to do the intro? What is the Mutant Ages, Ryan? Tell start me over. No,
1: we have to start the entire intro over okay. right now. Okay.
0: I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is the Mutant Ages. What Wait, kind are of you're... show are we? Are we doing? Are Do you want to do it? <laughs> I thought you were doing it. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do
1: it. I'll do it. Oh Bye. my god! Are you gonna put all this in now? It's yes. gonna be really funny.
0: I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan. And this is, and the, this mutant is the mutant ages. ages.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we did it together. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Maddie, you can't The pause. show
0: is gonna be so tight. It's gonna be so short. It's gonna be so organized. <laughs>
1: okay this is a show where we review every adaptation of the x-men ever and also talk about who's gay and fucking okay (laughs)
0: okay okay this is a show where we do that back when we were young we experienced I can't believe that's what the intro was we got to keep we
1: got to keep it we gotta keep it, we we gotta gotta keep keep it snappy and new and,
0: and speaking
1: of things that are new we're changing the show entirely <laughs> no, <we're- laughs> don't scare
0: people like that people are gonna think we're actually changing everything we're just making a couple of teeny tiny changes in the interest of making the show better and one of them is that instead of having the politics section at the end of every episode recap we are just going to incorporate it into the recaps that we do because we already kind of do that anyway and it doesn't really need to be its own section so yes that's one shit. And change. we
1: kind of just thrown on about the same politics. Like, we'll talk How about stuff... How
0: often can we talk about the Cold War, the AIDS crisis, and the Civil Rights Movement? <laughs> Tune into the new ages to find out.
1: <laughs> well, ironically, in this episode, there's a bunch of new shit, but we'll there get is. there when we get there. We will. But first, the other important thing that we're going to be doing is that we're going to actually be moving all of our reader mail into its own special podcast that we we're going to release once a month. So all those times you write into you, or you write into us... We're going to read it. I mean, we've read every single email and phone call that's come into this show. We're of going course. to continue we, doing that. But We
0: get physical mail as well. All of the stuff yeah. that we get, cool comments. We love reading that stuff and responding to all of you. And now we have a Discord channel and everything, as everybody who listens to the plug section at the end of every episode knows. But we want to try to divide that stuff up and put it into its own episode every few weeks. And the reason we're doing these things is because I... Big
1: announcement. Trumble.
0: Very, very nice naively believe that it is possible for us to release this podcast weekly and to have shorter episodes that is yes. my goal that is my hope that is my dream is it truly possible who's to say But well, let's try it let's try it, like baby.
1: mutants like <laughs> mutants we are evolving as a podcast we've been doing this for a couple years mutation and thank, it's
0: the next step it's a key our to our evolution, evolution. <laughs>
1: Arr, okay so So thanks to all of our listeners who have really made this show kind of very special because we have a lot of listeners now and that's really awesome and fantastic. And we actually...
0: We have a lot of Patreon supporters too. People have super stepped up lately and given us a lot of support in the midst of COVID, which is really great and so awesome. And we... We've wanted to do a weekly show for a while. It's just been right. really hard to make it happen because we love to talk and I can't edit an episode <laughs> it's as long as our episodes are every yes. week. And we're already blowing it. We're already talking. I, I know, we're, we're,
1: we already are. I guess the only other thing I want to make mention that's really important about this is that also we will always have our podcast released on Tuesdays. But so what's mm-hmm. going to happen is now on Thursdays our additional content. So every week now you're going to be giving a new video or a new episode of warcraft valley or some other piece of mutant ages content that's going to be every thursday so you're going to get two releases every week instead of getting one release between all of these things every other week you're going to get two releases a week
0: how long can we keep this up
1: subscribe that's a great question (laughs) please support us on patreon because this is a lot of extra work we'll be doing that we want to do because it's fun but like also we just want to grow this community and we're ready to make that leap um, and yeah, especially right now during a time when you, you all need a lot more content to consume, we're yeah, here for you.
0: you. You all need it, and we all love you. So why don't yes. we talk about this episode of X Men: The Animated which Series,
1: which is dark as shit. It is. So previously <laughs> on the X Men. So now that we're in season five, we're just going to go back a few seasons. Yeah, like just, right? a, we're just going to go to the middle <laughs> of the Phoenix saga. Three.
0: Remember season three? Let's go right. all the so way back to that. Gene is,
1: Gene Grey is dead again yep. because this was all aired out of order and we're watching it by air order.
0: Yeah. This episode is called No Mutant is an Island. It didn't air until the fifth season. I believe I, we're trying to watch all the episodes in the order in which they aired. And this episode takes place in the middle of the Phoenix saga i think because it takes between the time okay let's let's...
1: i'll quickly do previously on the x-men so previously on the x-men gene gray went up into space with the x-men got possessed by the phoenix force and then was controlled by the hellfire club to do all this sort of crazy shit Yep, and that is pretty much that and she flew off into space and is she
0: in the course of fighting de ken who had the the Mkron crystal yeah this is
1: where we are not at that part yet this is before that this is when she's going around consuming galaxies I think it's right
0: after because in order to protect the kron crystal she had to like fly off into the galaxy oh that's and right and i forgot i herself. always forget
1: that that was in the first part too when they were on banshee's like Yeah,
0: so it's like a weird moment where she's dead, but it's unclear if she's ever going to come back because she's basically just sequestered herself off in the universe to protect the Emkron crystal. And she's like, Scott, I can't be with you anymore because I have to like... Protect this crystal from everybody else, and Scott is like, "Are you sure?" Because <laughs> I, and then, I feel and yeah, like G it's Gray's fine. like, and G Gray's like, "No, Scott, we have to break up. Goodbye, forever." And she flies off I'm into the
1: sky, away. and <laughs> suddenly her like clothes rip off as she turns into the Phoenix. It's like fighting evil by moonlight, you know, like <laughs>
0: yeah. And so and she's, she's got her
1: Ankron crystal. Sorry, it's very Sailor that. Moon.
0: The Sailor Moon moon power makeup, and so she's doing right. that off in the galaxy. That's where G That's Gray where we are is. today.
1: This episode, I watched this episode a lot as a kid, and I was like, this is so fucking boring. But as an adult, I actually think it's one of the stronger episodes of X-Men, the animated series. And it's- there's a lot of dark shit and a lot of layers. And it, I, I, I'm going to just say that this opens up straight up with the funeral yep. for Jean Grey. And I found thinking about this, I'm like, okay, this has got to be like mid-90s. This is pretty ballsy for like a, a 90s kids cartoon to open up with like a funeral funeral of a dead character like that is intense
0: because they're not in a graveyard so it's more like a memorial service so all of them are outside sitting on the lawn in front of the x mansion and beast is reading a poem and i looked up what this poem was from and i think we're supposed to believe that beast wrote it because the only time this sentence ever appears on the internet is this episode in references to this episode and so beast apparently wrote a poem for gene and is reading it here
1: oh really yeah okay that's like not explained at all because the only exposition we get here is xavier being like jean loved poetry didn't she scott and scott's like fuck you xavier (laughs) and he runs away crying and also i'm like When did she ever like poetry? Like when was that ever established as her character being like Jean the poet, you know? I
0: don't know, but apparently Jean loved poetry and she loved Beast poetry. I mean who doesn't? Rogue is also crying. Everybody's crying. Everybody's crying. Xavier's being an asshole though. Xavier is gonna keep being an asshole this entire freaking episode. He
1: like just turns around to everyone, he's like you all know the risks of being the X-Men. Get the fuck over it. Yeah. Like that's pretty much what he says. And yeah. it's like fuck you. You know, yeah. you're the one who sent them into space, yeah. asshole.
0: I know. And so Jubilee stands up and she's like, I think this whole thing is sick. You're all acting like Jean's never coming back. And then she starts crying and Rogue goes to her and Jubilee runs off and is like, maybe she's alive. Do you ever think of that? And then Rogue I like know. hugs her and is like, let it out. And it's just sad. This whole It is really is sad. Be so it's sad. so
1: dark and sad although i do love that rogue continues to be like so in Mom character life? because yeah <laughs> well rogue is somebody who is so sassy and like i'm gonna do my own fucking thing and don't give me attitude or else i punch you in the face that has been every incarnation of rogue whether it's like this or evolution or wolverine the x-men you know she's tough as nails but she's also the first person to be very compassionate yeah. you know
0: yeah she I pretends really like that it. she's all
1: goth and shit but like you know i think she understands what it's like to just have to deal with in like intense emotion like that
0: yeah definitely so meanwhile speaking of intense emotion scott is inside the x mansion now just staring at a hologram of gene and being sad and then xavier who has no boundaries just rolls on into the room and he's like he he floats on it i noticed you left the funeral in tears but i decided to just follow you and continue to tell you that you need to move on like he really said that it was like
1: Fuck you. Yeah, which is like, like, Scott what we basically really need
0: does. To do is move on, and Scott is like, I don't. Oh, so Xavier's actual line is, "What's important <gasps> now is we carry on, so that Jean's great sacrifice won't have been in vain." And then Cyclops is like, "To save a world full of prejudice where humans hate us, is that it?" And Xavier is like, "Hate and fear are what we are fighting to overcome. You know that." And Cyclops is like, "A lot of things I thought I knew aren't so clear to me anymore," which is like pretty fucking dark because Cyclops is basically saying like what was the point of saving the universe when everyone hates us as much as they do? Like, we should have just all died. I would rather every single person died than have Jean die, which is pretty intense it, <laughs> like, it's
1: really intense this is a reminder that cyclops is actually the most angsty member of the x-men is. you always think it's wolverine but this is also why they're so compatible is so that they can just kind of angst together yeah you know? and it's
0: also like why gene is constantly telling everybody to like get over themselves because Jean is just surrounded by people who can't and also she is like uber angst in the sense that she's super powerful so she's like if i can handle this shit everybody else can shut up
1: yeah pretty much also she likes ben that she could stop <laughs> (laughs) on their balls and that's clearly both like cyclops and wolverine yeah anyway speaking of balls cyclops rips out his this is not what happens but basically in my head he he throws his uniform at xavier yep and
0: and he's like take it bitch i know He's
1: like he rips off his clothes and he's just like points at his dick he's like
0: you're not getting any more of this professor xavier This is, this is like, a very funny rewrite of what is a sad, serious episode.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it is kind of funny that Cyclops, like, rips his uniform out of his back and throws it at Xavier. And it he's like, I'm funny. done! And yeah. so Xavier's like, I could stop you with my powers, but I'm not going to. And it's like, thanks, which, Xavier. it
0: is good that he doesn't do that. Yeah, for I mean,
1: the first time ever.
0: Scott's reason for leaving is that he's like, I'm sick of having to care about everybody, which... I don't know. It was some real shit. Like, he's in charge, and Xavier doesn't really do anything other than, like, make everything more difficult. So I, like, sort of understood that part of it, but... Oh,
1: this also explains why in the middle of... We had asked about this. We were, like, in between those episodes of Jean leaving space and then coming back again, Mm -hmm. and we went through the Dark Phoenix saga or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so she didn't go to the Hellfire Club until she came back. You're right. I forgot about that. Okay, so... In between those two things, there were some episodes we watched where you and I kept on being like, where the fuck is Cyclops? And we're like, well, he must be sad. It turns out he actually left and quit the X-Men, which is like a pivotal point to this story that...
0: Well, he does leave and come back within the span of this episode, so I don't actually think that answers your question at all. Well,
1: but we also don't know how much time went by, but (laughs) I don't know. At least Storm got to lead for a little bit, which is honestly the better X-Men leader. Yeah,
0: True. Anyway, so Scott has now quit the X-Men. He's leaving. He's he's out of, on the way out the door. He gets on a bus. He just leaves. And so yeah. while he's on this bus, this interstate bus, he's he has this flashback to himself proposing to Gene. And he and Gene have this conversation where Gene is like, Cyclops, if we have children, they'll be mutants. They'll face the problems we have all their lives. And Cyclops is like, I wouldn't have it any other way. And then he gets interrupted from his little reverie by a kid on the bus who runs up to him and starts shooting him with a toy gun and yelling die mutant and his mom and then comes his mom up.
1: makes it way worse she by saying so like much
0: worse where she's, she's like, like she's I'm like i'm sure that nice young man doesn't appreciate being called a mutant and scott's like just scowls and like looks away from them which it's like
1: really fucking dark shit right there i know you know it's
0: just like scott is like imagine in a dark place. imagine
1: sitting on a bus maddie and some <laughs> kid ran up to us and shot us with a toy gun and said die Dive, faggot fags. yeah and then like her mom, mom walks over it's like that's really impolite don't call people gay because that's like really mean to them if you call them gay because yeah. they're, that, Th- they're that's clearly not gay what
0: this is yeah and it's like
1: and then but then you are you're like wow well, could you make that any shittier thanks yeah <laughs>
0: It's terrible. And the kid also has his line where he's like, "I'm just playing good guys and mutants." And you're just kind of like, "Oh, yeah, right." Like this like is Cat a Boys depiction and Indians. of a society. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that is also a really fucked up game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it, oh, literally It's the, it's just as bad. It's worse of anything. Well, uh... So Scott goes to an orphanage, the McNeil orphanage. And so he's standing outside of it in the dark. And then he has a flashback again to his time when he was staying in the orphanage. And there's these two little girls who are running away from him. They're playing tag. And then Scott, like, falls to the ground and has one of his little episodes where like lasers shoot out of his eyes but only briefly because it's like his early days when he was coming into his mutant powers like sometimes his eyes would shoot the beams and sometimes they wouldn't and the girls run away from him and then it's also
1: never clear to like what degree of I don't know power his abilities are I mean like there's some shots here where he just like shoots a couch and it just like blows up and then there's like other things where he like melts a bike and I'm like okay is this eye beans hot or cold like i don't yeah no i feel like i'm this like episode, it's just not consistent if it has so. a flaw
0: it's that because even in the present day scott uses his powers in some very strange ways in this episode that i was yeah, he, like, like shoots up
1: yeah I you were like okay understand. you mean like the stuff with this fire <laughs> yeah. i was like okay can you like blow cold i-beams out i don't understand yeah so it like keeps on sometimes happening
0: his i-beams cause things to light on fire and other times his i-beams put
1: out, fires. put out fires i don't know so anyway so he's in front of this orphanage and a woman walks out And she's like, "Oh, are you here to adopt?" And Scott's all like, "No, I'm just revisiting my home because I grew up here." And then
0: they realize they know each other, and that she—it's so
1: fast though that they know each other. And I was like, "Whoa, how did you like both figure it out right away?" You know.
0: Well, I guess they both look the same. I mean, haven't you ever had the experience of like running into? No, you're right. You're right. But they didn't know each
1: other when they were just starting this conversation. But you're right. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, they have—they only have two lines. I thought it was pretty believable, especially since he's wearing sunglasses. So like he- she would have a little bit more trouble recognizing him. So anyway, they recognize each other. Her name is Sarah. She's definitely not white. It's not like clear what her race is, but she has brown skin. Yeah,
1: I think she's supposed to be sort of like Native American a little bit.
0: Yeah, I thought it was sort of interesting that they depict a lot of characters in this episode as being not white and like still having two... I I don't know. I wasn't sure, like, if that was just the 90s era, like, let's make everything look diverse or if there was, like, actually some other additional meaning there. (laughs) Well, I definitely,
1: I thought she looked a lot like Elisa Maza. So you're on the same
0: track there. I just was wondering if they like did that intentionally, It might be a reference to something in the comics, I don't know anything, but like I don't I, think so. I just was like I wonder if it's supposed to be like a shared struggle type of a situation because she's later revealed to be a character who's like sympathetic to mutants even though she's a human and I was kind of right. like that's interesting, but I wasn't sure if the episode was like going there or not. But it doesn't really matter. So anyway, uh, they go inside. Sarah shows Scott a picture of herself and this other guy. And it's her husband, apparently. And she explains that her husband died. And then Scott has these awkward lines where he's like... I was dating somebody too, but she's gone, and like he doesn't want to say whether Jean is alive or dead because he doesn't know whether or not she is. No, he
1: doesn't know, and he also doesn't want to mention that she flew off into the sky yeah, in I the mean, universe. A like, strange.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah. How do you really describe a relationship ending when I, uh, your significant other flew into the universe <laughs> to
1: protect <him laughs> I mean, a crystal
0: and she you may know, or may not ever come back? It's you like, know, it'd be how really how funny if you up?
1: said that if you would said that to somebody and yeah. then they nodded they're like okay so you are taking a really long route to say that you broke up like
0: <laughs> yeah 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 totally uh my ex yeah. flew into the galaxy to, uh, <laughs> to protect, protect a crystal, a crystal also yeah that happens to all of us. Yeah,
1: all, it happens to every single person okay yeah. but also we need to mention that this woman uh after this woman, after sarah like lost her husband she went to this orphanage to volunteer and now she took over she's in charge and she owns the whole place so she
0: does and that's relevant because the newscast is also on in the background and the newscaster is talking about zebediah kilgrave who has pledged full college scholarships to a bunch of disadvantaged children and sarah interjects to be like oh that's one of the finest men who ever lived i could never have kept this place afloat if not for him not only has mr kilgrave given us money but he adopted four of my special kids. And Scott is like, so by special do you mean... And she's like, yeah, I mean mutants. Nobody else wanted to adopt them.
1: Which is dark shit. And also, you may recognize that name, Kilgrave, from another little show called Jessica Jessica Jones. Jones.
0: And guess what? It is the same guy.
1: Yes, it is. is. Except he's actually purple in this, like he's supposed to be. He is
0: actually purple in this. Um, He's also just scary. He's a scary person.
1: He is still... I feel like David Tennant went to this a little bit because I was watching and I was like, "Mm," I was like, "eh," he's still kind of acting like David Tennant's Kilgrave. So I think they did a little research.
0: Yeah. I like this depiction of Kilgrave. He's just as scary. He's, I mean, I like Jessica Jones as well. So then we get another flashback to Scott's sad life where it's, like, a series of scenes where people don't want to adopt Scott because he's a mutant. And one of them shows Scott, like, having completely destroyed a living room by accident. Oh, yeah, this is dark shit, by the way. Because presumably his powers went off and he couldn't control them, so he, like, destroyed a bunch of furniture and it's, like, all burned up. And it's just sad. I mean, it's, like you get to see Scott hating himself and being like, I guess I'm a piece of shit. Well,
1: no, it just takes it to a whole nother level when they compare Scott to like a special needs kid. And they're like, Oh, you didn't tell us that you have special needs children here. You should have warned us. You asshole. It's like, wow. You know, like, damn. Like, I mean, it's like, I was like, first of all, you're making that comparison to special needs, which is really fucked up. Number one. Number two, that's your reaction. Fuck you. Like yeah. honestly, fuck off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's I think it, it it's a parallel that kind of makes a certain kind of sense according to the world as it's been set up in this in this show. Well, but that's
1: all a real thing that happened. I've talked about this on the show in the past where I before I was out of the closet or, or even really understood like that I was gay. But I like, you know, I kind of knew when I was younger because I was like was very interested in like male anatomy and stuff like that. But I remember being a kid and the way that people would talk about gays was equivalent to like being like, well, they're also like mentally ill, you right, know? Right. That was a thing in the nineties. Like, in it was kind of like what they're insinuating here and it's kind of fucked up. So
0: it is. And it's basically like the, the parents who don't want to take Scott in are like, well, this is going to be a whole lot of extra work for me to even have to understand a kid like this. And like, I'm just not willing to do that extra work. And it's like, okay, well, if you want to adopt a kid, like, you don't know what kind of person that kid is going to turn out to be, so I guess you shouldn't get a kid then because if you think that this is a whole lot of extra work, a lot of other things could be extra work for you if you adopt a kid. And if you're not down for that, then you probably aren't down for raising a child. But, hey, that's fine. Yeah, maybe you (laughs) shouldn't
1: have children if this is your reaction to this. Yeah. But anyway...
0: But, I mean... Professor X exists, so I guess, Scott, you know, things turn out sort of Well, Professor X is also turning children
1: to fucking child soldiers, so that's... I
0: have a lot of thoughts on that, but we'll get to that when we get to the whole Kilgrave section. Uh, (laughs) Which
1: is also insane. Okay, so then Cyclops comes out of this little memory because the fire alarm goes off, and there's smoke all over the place, and of course, Sarah's like, oh shit, we have to get the children out. Yeah, So they run on upstairs, and Sarah's getting all the kids out, Mm -hmm. and... There's one room that's blatantly on fire. So I don't know if Cyclops will blast the door down or if he kicks it down. I really don't remember. But he does uh, and use then,
0: his eye beams to put the yeah, fire out. Yeah, he does out. use
1: the eye beams to put the fire out, which previously his eye beams melted a bike, so I'm kinda like, what <gasps> are the extent of his powers? Somebody needs know. to like make this a little bit more clear. Because in this episode alone, they just are all over the place. It's like yeah, he, he's got a he temperature uses his gauge items on them
0: to put out fires multiple times in this episode. I don't know yeah. how, but he does. And so then there's this kid running away, and Scott chases him, and the kid is like, "I didn't mean to do it. It was an accident." And Scott's like, "What were you doing? Playing with matches? People could have been hurt." And Sarah's like, "Let him go." Rusty is one of the special kids I told you about. He was adopted by Mister Kilgrave two days ago, and then. Rusty shows that he has mutant powers by, like, igniting his hands with flames. And he says, can't anybody stop this? And, like, runs away.
1: Yeah, which is also sad.
0: It is sad. And at first, we don't fully understand what the deal is with him. But we do in this next scene, which is that Scott and Rusty walk together outside of the house and Scott is like I know you didn't mean to set that fire Rusty you've got a mutant power it takes time to learn how to use it and Rusty's like what are you some kind of do gooder social worker and then Scott like has this moment of looking irritated and like deciding what he's going to do and eventually he takes off his glasses and like oh shoots that's a that's blast.
1: not even how I interpreted that I interpreted it more like Cyclops is like looking around to make sure that nobody would see that he's also a mutant, so he oh, shoots a thing.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: it's it reminded me a lot of X Men: The First Movie when Rogue and Wolverine are both watching the TV and they right. kind of not look at each other, and they both notice they're both watching the mutant article, and they're like, right. "Oh, so you're one too?" Like, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like it's a little like bit it's, like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like walking outside and being like, "Rusty is like, you don't know what it's like to be gay," and Cyclops looks around and he's like, "No, actually, I'm also gay." Like, you know, that's <laughs> it, that's I mean, it's weird saying it to a teenager, but. I feel I, like I don't it's know. not,
0: though, because in this context, it's kind of like an adult telling a teenager who's freaking out being like you don't understand me and then the, as an adult you can be like actually I'm also gay and like here's what my life has been like and it's been hard and these are the challenges yeah. I've had to face but like I understand what we're going through that Which
1: also is- reminds me okay that reminds me of that movie but I'm a cheerleader when they go and move in with the other gays because right. like the gays are like we're like well we get it like move in with us because we know you don't have anywhere to go you know what I mean
0: yeah it's very similar to that
1: if, right because that's like the whole next part of the conversation where Cyclops is all like you know I know what it's like to not have a home and to be kicked out and to have no place to live which is a very very scary like uh politic from the 90s again from but like but i'm a cheerleader it's like you're gay you get kicked out you know so
0: yeah although in scott's case his dad like became an interfering space explorer. <laughs> <So> <laughs> was, like, I, a which bit
1: yeah he, became a, he of became a helicopter
0: a, that his father didn't know how to fly <laughs> yeah i,
1: I <laughs> like how you know fucking course there's like i'm just gonna <laughs> kick you out of this helicopter so i can become a space Hi, Brett, and we're like okay thanks corsair and then he crashes the helicopter into the mountain
0: so basically um scott knows what it's like to get kicked out of the house for being gay but seriously though he does know what it's like growing up without parents and growing up in an orphanage and being rejected repeatedly by society for being a mutant he does know what that's like and so he basically is like I couldn't have made it without the friends that cared about me and you're lucky and then Rusty is like Kilgrave's bad news I'm telling you he's wacko I heard him talking about how he's going to use this big new project to run the governor out of office and he's got a torture chamber in his basement okay
1: so, that is a line that's fucking terrifying I know. by the way and it's so like-
0: that is the line that Sarah overhears because they've like gotten back to the house by now and she's like what are you saying Scott you don't have to listen to this anymore go inside Rusty and Rusty's just like nobody ever believes me and runs off And Sarah accuses him of lying while he's running off And then Scott is the person who's like Could there be any truth to what he's saying? And Sarah's like You don't know this kid, Scott He's lied, he's stolen He's been in trouble with the police And like I have a couple of things to say about this It is definitely a real thing That abusive people will capitalize on a situation by targeting kids who already have problems or like already are vulnerable because those are the kids that are less likely to be believed like if you yeah, pick the kid who in school is like so already dark. lashing out and like already having trouble with teachers if you pick that kid to abuse that kid is already not going to be believed so like yeah. that's how dark this episode is it just there. keeps
1: further and further down this like decrepit yeah. rabbit know, hole like We're it's just going
0: just... down the dark dark staircase so then the police pull up to the house and who is with them but fucking Kilgrave, who's by the way is not
1: purple at this point he just looks like a a normal human and he is creepy as slime
0: ball he looks like a normal human slime ball so he's wearing like a nice three-piece suit and he's just no
1: you're right but all the lines he has i was just straight up like okay this is literally the scariest villain who's been on this show. He's like so he is scary. terrifying. I mean, he's you know?
0: scary in the way that like real rich people are scary. Where like his mutant power. Well, he's not a mutant. Well, it depends on what Canon you want to use in this show. I actually think we're supposed to think he is a mutant. but yeah,
1: he's okay. So his whole thing is that he was mutated by chemicals, like, right? Yes. Right. So that is what happened to him, but that is still a mutation. So it's kind right. of like that weird line that they are now, uh, Taking a part in uh Krakoa, for example, the Fantastic Four are not allowed on there, even though they are technically mutants, Mutated, but, they weren't, yeah, but they, they weren't but they born, weren't born with that genetic mutation, basically. Right, right.
0: right. In this show, they don't explain any of that with Kilgrave's backstory, so like as far as we're concerned, he's a mutant. Well, yeah,
1: and I th- he's kind of a one off villain. He's just a terrifying one off villain. He is
0: terrifying. And so what I was saying is I feel like he represents like wealth in America and like that level of power that you can have if you're exceedingly wealthy because his power is, like, forcing people to obey him and, like, having influence over them. But it's shown in terms of him, like, controlling the government and, like, controlling, like, essentially people and children. and, like, these institutions and being, like, all of these things get to follow my orders and I get to control everything, which is, like, that is... Really fucking scary. So Kilgrave goes up to Sarah, and Sarah's like, "Rusty's having some problems adjusting, Mister Kilgrave. Maybe if he stayed here for for a few days." And Kilgrave is like, "Now, Sarah, we've been through this before with other special children. We agreed that a clean break was best. You know what I think of you and the wonderful work you do here. It would be a shame if this little misunderstanding caused me to feel differently." Which like, is fuck like you, fuck off, dude. Like he's basically just like, "You need to let me have whatever children I want." Or else I'm gonna stop financially supporting your orphanage and you're gonna go out of business and like. Yeah, which die. is terrifying. And then it Cyclops sucks, is so, so
1: Cyclops when he walks up and he goes, the boy seems scared. Is there any reason he should be? And yeah. I was like, thank you, Scott. This is like the one of the things I do like about Cyclops was that he Really is not up for anyone's bullshit, you he's know. Not,
0: and he's also like willing to stand up for a kid because he remembers being a kid who was, you know, abused in certain ways, and that's right. That's, but then like, cool but, to see.
1: But then Kilgrave's response is basically saying that he's going to abuse this kid because yeah. he goes, he just goes, no, there's no reason he should fear me. I'm just a loving father. He's just not used to the. Loving discipline a boy needs at his age. And I was like, yeah, okay, like, so wow. you're beating him? Pretty Fuck much, you.
0: Pretty much. And so Sarah's like, that seems fine. And I was just like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Sarah's so, like,
1: it takes Sarah the entire episode to, to realize that something's out. up. Yeah.
0: Well, I think because I mean this is sort of an indictment of Sarah as a character, but like because Kilgrave is financially supporting her orphanage, she's blind to the other problems at hand here, where she's just like, I guess it's okay. Like he's such a good man and he's so charitable like i don't know he he adopts all that these or kids. she is
1: so terrified of being kind of cut off from her money to support these kids or alternatively she is like terrified of what he could do to her which yeah. is basically how they portray Kilgrave and jessica jones because there are people who knows who he is yeah. and as soon as they hear his name they like Run away and they tried to get away from Jessica or whoever because they're like, no, we don't. That guy scares the ever living shit out of me. I don't even want to like talk, say his name, you know? Yeah.
0: I mean, a more charitable interpretation of Sarah would say that Kilgrave has already got her under his thumb, which that's fair i mean there's a lot of different ways you could read this so anyway Kilgrave yeah. gets to take rusty home with him there's this really spooky shot where he like puts him into the car and you just see their silhouettes like their shadows yeah. and Kilgrave is like after only two days i already love you like a son which is like the creepiest fucking shit ever yeah so- that, that,
1: then it's like okay this is like a weird pedophilia thing that's happening it, it's yeah. so funny fucking that's how i read that i was like this is creeping me out because it's then, creepy. then they drive to his house which is fucking hilarious by the way cuz it's like this mansion that's covered with signs that say keep out Get stay out. away <laughs> yeah like, it's like a haunted
0: house basically <laughs>
1: it really looks like that and i was like okay how does nobody suspect this millionaire that has these ridiculous signs posted out front that's like don't go into the haunted house it's spooky in here you know yeah. i was like okay but so, then the next shot is terrifying because it's Kilgrave locking Rusty into some kind of machine. Some and kind he of metal screams that hit. Yeah, he screams to him, get back to your work. Yeah. And Rusty's like, no, fuck you. I'm not going to do anything you tell me to. But he and can't then,
0: control it because it's Kilgrave and that's his power. And so.
1: Well, as he as resists. It, he tries to he resist. Tries to. And there's some other kids there too that yes. he's taken, which are Skids, Boom Boom, and Wizkid. Kid. Mm-hmm. So. That's Those just... characters
0: are going to be in the rest of the episode as well. And so all right. of these kids have been locked into these metal chairs and they're watching this huge screen that has Kilgrave's face on it. And this is where we see Kilgrave's actual purple face. Um, show, that's shown to us. I mean, I guess it just yeah. makes him scarier for him to like look less human. It's like a classic villain move to do something like that with a character. Um, yeah. So Kilgrave is saying... And they're repeating, the future is now, we will be respected, we will overcome their hatred through strength, we will lead. And so they say that over and over, which is like, sort of interesting because you're like, oh, Kilgrave is justifying the torture and abuse of children because it's like a mutant rights thing for him. And he's like, we need to take over the world. But it's like, in this super fucked up way where he's like forcing these kids to do his will and like yeah it's like the darkest possible version of professor x who at least kind of lets people choose what they're gonna do does
1: he though uh, does he i mean he doesn't that's i would argue i don't know but i can tell you that this version of the purple man is very similar to david Tennant's, where it was kind of like his whole thing was like he was going to overcome the people he abused by like abusing everybody around him like that is literally the same story the purple man is not a fun character guys he's not he's
0: pretty fucked up and i mean in this case it's like he is abusing children i mean it's which is that's
1: that's dark but that's also what he was doing in jessica jones like Mm -hmm. that very first episode was like that teenage girl he captured you know and like beat the shit out of Yeah, that's his thing. Uh, So So anyway, the purple man walks over to Rusty and creepily in the same way that fucking what's his name dr Feelbad did starts like crushing his face and being like you
0: have a special purpose
1: yeah but yeah. then he screams in his face that he's like and hey, we will make them pay for the way they treated me you know it's like yeah. whoa what is happening
0: yeah like he's basically using these kids to live out his own fantasies slash goals which we it's never like a fully very know dark all the fetish. story with that but i don't think you need to like you you get enough of it just we, we get
1: context. enough and honestly we don't even need to learn anymore because like this episode at this point is so fucking dark like, it is the darkest episode of X-Men, the animated series. It yeah, is. I mean,
0: it's a tough call because, like, we've seen mutants in, like, slave camps and so on. But I do actually think it's darker to have a character who's kidnapping children and theoretically indoctrinating them to help the mutant cause but like in practice
1: using them it's really the the worst
0: possible thing it's like i know it's it's like this weird twisted circle of bad shit but it's an interesting villain to have on this show so it
1: is it is and it's funny because i i thought here's really what's really interesting is that i remember this episode being like cyclops remembering his past at the orphanage and i remember like the purple man being part of that in terms of being like, it turned out the purple man ran the orphanage. No. I made all that up. That's not what this episode's about, but well, like, you it's were so... kind
0: of right because the purple man does financially support the orphanage and it exists like, no, on but he his didn't like dime.
1: create the orphanage right, right. that other dude did. That's why I was so confused. Like that other guy that yeah, was all like from
0: that other random episode where Cyclops was we driving never saw in the again. desert and, and they were like, let's go get
1: ice cream together. And it was like, that was the other insane Cyclops episode. I don't know which is better. Probably this one. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to go
0: ahead and say this one. I It's a really tough call, but I'm going to go ahead and say this one.
1: So you don't then, like Cyclops at Westworld? Come on!
0: I didn't. For some reason, I didn't. So then Kilgrave <laughs> walks up to the control panel and he starts giving this monologue about what his plans are, and the monologue gives way to a scene where they actually act out his plans. It's actually pretty clever editing. Like, I liked this scene. So after monologuing, he's like, now, my young friends, it's time to pay a little visit to the Capitol building. You." T- Taki, who is WizKid, will use your wheelchair transformation power to gain access. And then as he's doing that that monologue, it becomes a voiceover where we see Taki using his powers where he can like technoform electronic devices to like He turns his, his wheelchair, wheelchair into, into like, a, a bulldozer. Voiceover. I know, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so that's his powers, which is very cool. And then Skids and Boom, Boom show up and they hold off the guards. Um, yeah. And so Skids has force fields, which are like frictionless. And so she can skateboard around on them and that's like a pretty freaking cool power and also people can't grab her while she's using her force fields because she's so So slippery skids is
1: skids and rusty are both two characters that are incredibly underrated in the x-men universe but there's two things about them the two of them they're always together and they're always really fucking cool i actually think skids powers are really cool they are and also the two of them have the best fashion of all the x-men ever if you ever go (laughs) back and read those old comics they just were like epitome of like fantastic 80s cool fashion
0: cyberpunk 80s stuff
1: that's and really I mean, what boom it was
0: boom boom also looks very fun in this episode by the way well, boom
1: boom always looks fun I, that's her deal she's like is dressed like a punk in the 80s even when it's recent stuff like that's yeah, her whole she's, deal
0: she's rocking like a an outfit that pat benatar would wear on an album cover in this episode and so i mean boom, that's boom that's boom boom for you i love some her shit up she gets rid of some guards by blowing shit up and then Kilgrave and rusty walk into the building together Kilgrave is like rusty you'll provide me with that extra sense of security and 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 then Kilgrave gets in the building and then we get to see Rusty use his powers to create this huge wall of fire around himself to protect the guards from getting into the building. Um, So Kilgrave gets in, he goes to the governor and he's like, he tells the governor that he wants the Platte River project, which we don't know what that is yet, but it's going to be explained in the following scene. And right. we see Kilgrave, when Kilgrave uses his powers in this show, like his eyes glow, and then the other person's eyes glow, and that's like a really well, strong Well, I guess that's signifier. the best way
1: they could animate it, honestly, you know? Well, it's sort know? Of
0: interesting that in Jessica Jones, they choose not to have any of that, which... I think is very effective and creepy in its own way but like for the purposes of this show they well show okay, Jessica
1: it... Jones was also designed for adults to watch where this was adult for this was right. designed for children to watch
0: right right of course so back at the orphanage um, Sarah's like talking to Scott and it's like the morning after and she's like thanks for staying to help us how was it sleeping on the couch and then Scott's like lumpy and Sarah's like that's the first time <laughs> lumpy. I've seen you smile who's Jean you cried out her name in your sleep was she The woman you spoke of and then scott is like yeah gene was someone i loved and then they have this like sort of awkward interchange where like it's clear that sarah is like kind of hitting on scott a little bit and then scott like sort of pulls away like she is trying to sort of console him in this moment and like touches his shoulder and is like it'll be all right and scott is like pulling away from it and he's like you've been really kind but I should go. I gotta go.
1: Like, yeah. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's leaving. I think he's just
0: going to leave and like, continue to be on the run. But then the news anchor on the TV, they overhear and the news anchor is describing, um, what's happened with the governor, which is that the governor has now suddenly announced he's resigning. And the news anchor then is says, then says, this will likely bode well for Zebediah Kilgrave since the governor has controlled opposition to Kilgrave's bid to control the multi-billion dollar hydroelectric facility known as the Platte River Project, which who even fucking knows what the hydroelectric facility even was know. actually going to be. It almost doesn't matter to this episode. It's just like a MacGuffin where it's like he was just going to control a multi-billion dollar facility and like presumably control this city, perhaps the town, like whatever, I don't know. So that's scary. And so Scott hears that and he remembers Rusty saying some stuff to him about how the governor was gonna get ousted by Kilgrave. And Scott right. is like, That's some shit. We gotta get yeah, out of here. Yeah, Cyclops
1: is like, that's a little <laughs> chew on the nose. And yeah. even Sarah's like, Yeah, that maybe we're maybe I was wrong. Yeah. So that's when they drive to Kilgrave's house. Yeah Cyclops is like, wait in the car. <laughs> he gets out and he starts banging on the front door. Yeah. Meanwhile, Kilgrave is upstairs putting his—he's purple. On. He's putting concealer on that makes him look human. I also yep. want to point out that in the background there's a dartboard with darts in it with Daredevil's face on it because Kilgrave is a Kilgrave is initially a Daredevil villain.
0: Right. So I that was that. a nice That's little, fun. nice little. No, it was a nice out. little
1: like you know toss away over there. Yeah. Um. And so then he comes on downstairs and some big dude opens the door and Kilgrave's like, "Everything's fine. Come on in, Scott." he's Cyclops is like,
0: I have reason to believe Rusty is in danger, and the others. And Kilgrave's like, danger? Whatever would give you that idea? As you can see, they're all perfectly safe. And then the camera like pans around to show all the children like robotically playing chess against each other and robotically playing the piano. They play the piano. And they're like, these like, like, hello, hello, Mr. Mr. (laughs) Summers.
1: And Cyclops is like, yeah, this shit is fucked up, you (laughs) know
0: yeah because then then rusty walks like, in yeah rusty walks in and he's like would you like a cookie and scott whispers to him like are you okay and rusty's uh, yeah. like oh, of course everything's fine now i was wrong about mr Kilgrave. it's it's good the kids do good delivery here they're very they, they do
1: and then then Kilgrave snaps, and Wizkid turns his chair into like a fucking bumper car and yeah, slams and it into Scott, slams into Scott which he actually knocks out. him out somehow. Yeah, and then,
0: they dump him into the pool outside. I know, which They're I don't know what this plan him. there
1: was that. They were just like, just dump in the pool. We're not even going to check to see if he dies in there. Well,
0: they do dump him in there face down. Like, he absolutely should have died. And the only I mean, reason I, okay, he does Okay, you know, I agree, die, but
1: it's really funny is that, like and this is skipping ahead, is that Sarah pulls him out, but they don't see Sarah parked there to stop her. She just like wanders into the backyard. Which I think is really funny. Yeah, but but anyway.
0: Before we see before we see We have like an acid trip first. We have a little acid trip where Scott sees Gene in his mind's eye. And for a minute I was like, is Gene gonna show up and save Scott? But she doesn't. It's actually Sarah who's dragging Scott out of the water. No,
1: but I think that is actually Gene reaching out to him. I don't think that's like a dream. I think that's his connection with their psychic connection I think or whatever. Right,
0: because it happens a couple times in the episode, and I think we're just supposed to believe that, like she can still communicate with him psychically. I mean, she has the power to do that. I don't. No, see she why does. Not. But I
1: think of the previous ones; those were flashbacks. Where this one really seemed like I thought this was actually really clever. Where it was kind of like insinuated or put the idea in there that this is actually Jean reaching out to him, and she's still alive somewhere. Right.
0: Interesting. And yeah, I, and I, I I thought that was really
1: cool. And it's very well animated. So
0: Sarah is the one giving Scott mouth to mouth and then he like comes to he he accidentally blasts the back wall of Kilgrave's house and then Sarah puts his glasses back on and then they end up using that in order to get back into the house anyway, which I was like, was that intentional? Who's to say. Doesn't I don't really know, matter. but there's
1: that moment where Sarah's kind of like I saw Kilgrave drive off and I knew something must be wrong. And I was like, where was she parked if like they didn't see her number one? Because was she parked out front? I don't know. She was hidden somewhere. And then they're like, we have to go downstairs and save the kids from the torture basement.
0: Yes. So they do. They go down into the basement and then there's another Kilgrave indoctrination video playing on the screen and Kilgrave in the video says, welcome to the final stage of your training. After this you will always be part of our family. And the kids are like, we hear and we obey. And then Scott uses his eye beams to destroy the tv screen and he's like everything Kilgrave taught you is a lie and then he like destroys the control panel and their chairs open up and they're free and Ryan kids
1: has that really like dark line where she turns to like sarah and she's like can we go home now
0: yeah it's sad it's the kids are not well <laughs> so scott no. also has this line where he's like acceptance must be earned not forced on people and i was like yeah, I guess that's true, but also like acceptance is deserved even if you don't earn it. And then I was just sort of I agree there with that. like, this is interesting. I don't know why. I don't I'm, know like, what Scott's trying. I think why. Scott's
1: just trying to be like professor xavier put me on the right path and i realize that now and it's like i mean that
0: is definitely what this is so back at the orphanage they put all the kids back to bed in their their beds because they don't have to live with children they're fucking
1: traumatized and sarah's just like i don't even know what the fuck to do with like these children that are
0: been so foolish like she she blames
1: herself she's like i gave them i gave him these children that he then abused and i she feels responsible for that
0: Yeah. And so Scott is like, don't blame yourself, Sarah. The whole state's been taken in by this guy. Whatever hold he has on the children evidently isn't total. Let's get the kids somewhere safe. And so then Sarah's like, the press and the authorities should be here any minute. And Scott then is like, Sarah, when I use my mutant powers at Kilgrave's, you weren't shocked. And Sarah's like, no, I already knew. I've known since that day back when we were kids. And then there's the flashback to Scott accidentally destroying a tricycle by blasting it. And Sarah's just yeah. in the background. And I'm like, how did they know each other for that long? And like, Scott really thought no one knew he was a mutant? Like, that in and of itself is that's, like, I, no, I, I love these- kind of some real shit. Because it's like, do people really not realize that you're gay? And like you think you're keeping it a secret, like I feel like I've certainly had moments. Like oh that no, that was life. I mean,
1: come on, let's. That was definitely us in high school. But yeah, I think or, this like, is a little bit really more obvious you're because like a
0: rap on it, and like you are. Well, not. okay, but to
1: be fair, we weren't shooting gay out of our eyes. No, you know, well, repeatedly. We <laughs> I mean, that's probably true. I mean, like, I, I do listen to and watch old videos of us, of and it's like, right. Yeah. And I, I always, I, there's so many times where I do that, and I go, Maddie, I sounded way gayer when I was a kid. I don't know what happened. I was, that. I was like, if there's so many videos, and we'd be like, hi, Maddie. And it's like, oh, okay, well, the, the the musical gay kid's here. There he is. Like, yeah. I was like,
0: yeah, that's Scott just throwing a tricycle. I was like, tricicle, I was
1: like my girlfriend,
0: stop.
1: You know, I was like, <laughs>
0: Anyway, anyway, <laughs> Sarah says the others were so cruel to you when no one would adopt you, and Scott is like, yeah. "But you never made me feel like an outcast like the others did." And then Sarah tries to pull him in for a hug, and she's like, "You were always my friend." And again, I'm like, I feel like she's coming on to Scott here, and it's not going to work out for her. But then she's interrupted by Kilgrave in a helicopter outside, and he's like, "Sarah, I know you have my children," and they run outside. And Sarah's outside. like, "They're
1: not yours anymore," I, which I love like, that. Killgrave
0: takes out a fucking gun and just starts shooting him yeah he's like I'm gonna fucking kill you guys all right and then a news van pulls up in the background because sarah called the news and the anchor yeah. is like grab your camera phil we've got to have this and so they're in the background filming all of this and then Kilgrave is like yelling at scott humans like sarah hate mutants i'll teach you to turn your back on your own kind which is an interesting it's like, line Jesus. and then he mind controls scott and his commands him to get on his knees which is you know kind of gay uh Kill yeah Grave but is, well
1: uh, puts everybody on their knees i don't even Know if it's a gay thing, it's I think Kilgrave so just wants. Thing
0: is like a terrifying, like like Kilgrave's like I don't
1: care if you're a man or a woman, you're gonna get on your knees and you're going he's to suck a my terrible, dick. Terrible,
0: terrible rapist. And so Scott yes. is like, "Yours is the only hatred I feel, Kilgrave. As long as I'm alive, you'll never get these children." And then Kilgrave is like, "It's too late. I already own them, Rusty. Obey me." And then this is really fucking sad. Rusty turns around and sets the orphanage on fire because he's mind controlled and he does it and so then Scott is like no I won't let you and he manages to overcome the mind control enough to fire a beam at the helicopter which spirals off crashes into a different building and Kilgrave's dead I guess like I think the show just straight up kills him here right because he never comes back again I
1: think so I mean I guess that's what we have to like assume we have to because assume? like he was we in this helicopter it. that spun out of control and just blew up on a building. So yeah.
0: yeah, I think he's dead. And so then Sarah starts screaming that Taki is still alive, and so she tries to run into the building, and Scott gets a flashback to Gene dying, which is, like, another one of his little flashbacks to Gene. Right,
1: he's like, nobody else can burn uh, the Phoenix fire! And everyone's like, what is he screaming? This is when he runs and he uses his, like, wind i-beam powers i don't know like it's like fire
0: again which i don't again i don't know why this is it
1: keeps on happening yeah uh he does get talky out and then the news reporter shows cyclops and sarah hugging they're like that's a wrap and i was like okay thanks guys
0: i mean i think i think the implication there is that the news anchor is going to broadcast that footage and it's going to like destroy Kilgray's legacy also he's dead now apparently also
1: but also it's going to get a lot of attention for sarah and allow it's probably going to put the the, the orphanage the, on the map or, yeah
0: hopefully. yeah and it's
1: going to allow her to continue doing what she's doing because it's like that is the next conversation because scott's right. like it's all gone sarah what are you going to do and sarah says rebuild what else can i do this is my home where i belong these kids are my family There's a place for you here as well, Scott, if you want. And Scott's like, part of me does, Sarah. But helping you and the children, it made me realize there's another place where I belong, where I'm also needed.
0: Xavier, I'm coming (laughs) back to suck
1: your dick! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so so then then this next absurd, this just ends on like a really absurd shot where Cyclops walks back into the war room where yep. everybody is just, just standing there <laughs> looking really annoyed at Xavier and it was like what was even going on what did he say that know. pissed everyone off this I time i
0: know but then scott is in the doorway dramatically and then the mutant alarm goes off all of a sudden and xavier's like it's cerebros auto scan it's found something and then the gene hologram pops up and xavier's like she's alive and then scott is like I gene i miss you and it's like that's where the episode ends is gene is still alive wow
1: that's so dark. Okay. Also, I I wonder, and I almost went back to double check it. I just don't remember where the fuck this was supposed to take place. But was in the next episode? Wasn't there a like scene at the beginning of the next episode in which Cyclops works into the war room after they actually had had a conversation, and then the mutant alarm goes off, and they realize that Jean is still alive. I think. I don't know. I feel like that happened, or I hope so, because that would be a really interesting perspective to see it from both those. those viewpoints but I thought that's what happened and I just I felt like that scene felt very familiar like as in we had seen it from the other side already right
0: right right I mean I feel like we might feel differently about this episode if we'd actually watched it in the correct order that it was supposed to be in (laughs) like we might be like wow this was a really cool episode but you know what even watching it out of order I actually really enjoyed the episode like I thought it was oh yeah so this is
1: like a five out of five X's for me like five are
0: I mean, it's, it's kind of like cheating for me to say that I think season five has been pretty good so far, but like, because this episode was clearly not intended to be a part of season five and season five is just like a weird series of cast off episodes that were like supposed to air earlier in most cases. But so far in terms of air order, I'm really enjoying season five. Like we had kind of a dud episode uh, last time around, but... I like this one and I like the two parter that we kicked off with, so Yeah, the Failings Covenant was really good. I, I, I was gonna show. say,
1: you know, it's just gonna get weird on those last five episodes that are like I don't know man, I'm excited about this
0: fairy tale theater now. I, I do too. You know it. what's
1: really funny is that we were like, Okay, that's gonna be stupid, but like but I, don't I don't think don't it know. actually is. I, feel I don't like think I'd it love actually Jubilee is.
0: Jubilee in every single episode she's in. I mean, I don't know, this episode's interesting, we get to meet Boom Boom and Skids, we get to meet Wisdom. There's a lot
1: of layers happening, like I I texted you in the middle of this being like, there's a lot of shit happening in here, and all of it is like, real shit, I mean there's child abuse, there's like this uh, implication if that you're like, a mutant you're also like, mentally ill there's like, the whole like kidnapping children thing happening, and like, uh, it opens up at the fucking funeral, I was just like, wow, I was just Really honestly impressed that they had they 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 were courageous enough to produce this episode that was based on nothing. Yeah. This is not part of like X-Men Canon anyone. This is something that they developed on their own and it was really fucking good. Like That's you know interesting,
0: yeah. Like it's not based on anything in Kilgrave's canon, which incidentally, I guess we can just go ahead and do that next.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, do you want to talk about who's that X-Men?
0: Let's Ooh. That X-Men! Except he's not an X-Men and he's not a dude.
1: No, but like, we'll we'll do this. (laughs) I felt like this would be a good thing for us to do because a lot of you all have seen Jessica Jones, and so I was like, let's do a quickie. We'll do a quickie on Purple Man. So, the Purple Man was created by Scott Kath, and he was first appeared in Five Nights at Freddy's, number four. (laughs)
0: okay so somebody modified the wikipedia page from Purple Man <laughs> to say that he was in five nights at freddy's i don't know why someone did that did you really <laughs> figure that out i don't just... know but
1: it was really funny i laughed really but funny. seriously he was created by stanley and he first appeared in daredevil number four so that makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. his powers include mind control and a regenerative healing factor which i did not know yeah uh, I didn't his know real name yeah who knows uh, his real name was zebediah kill Kilgrave, and he was born on Croatia. Uh, he was a physician who became an international spy. He was sent to, infu- he was sent to infiltrate a chemical plant. It was accidentally doused, doused with a chemical that turned his hair and skin purple. It also gave him this ability to release this nerve gas that would allow him to control people, and so he became a criminal. Right. Um, over time, you know, he had forced a woman to be his wife, who he also impregnated, and that girl turned out to be, the child turned out to be Carol Kilgrave, Kara Kilgrave, who inherits his purple skin and also runs with Alpha Fight as the purple girl. Mm. Um, The purple man was actually gone for a long time. He came back like in the 90s when he was sort of working with Nate Gray to make Nate Gray look like he was like a miracle worker, but it was actually just the purple man like manipulating everything.
0: Right. Um, To make it seem that way. Yeah.
1: Yes. And then there was like the whole thing where he and Jessica Jones had sort of a a thing where. He took control of her when she was still going by the name Jewel when Jessica Jones was less uh, mad at the world mm-hmm. and also just kind of like a happy, you know, teenage superhero. And he used right. his powers to force her to live with him, and he psychologically tortured her for months. He sent her off to kill Daredevil, which is not in the TV show because right. they just... They, they just did a different those,
0: thing yeah. in the TV show. And they also yeah, changed Kilgrave's whole backstory in the TV show and as They well. did,
1: but that whole incident traumatized Jessica Jones and it turned her into the private investigator that we all know and love in both the alias comics and on the TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's also goes back and forth where he tries to control Jessica Jones again to kill the Avengers, but she resists him and knocks him out. He kind of winds up on the Avengers prison, the raft a lot. And there's just a lot of different situations where he tries to escape and control some member of the avengers or jessica jones to kill members of the avengers but they he just never gets the hold on him because like they just they've gotten used to their shit
0: mind control the easy peasy for the avengers
1: (laughs) yeah i there's actually like a, a moment where he's trying to get out of the raft and he tries using his pheromones i think on luke cage and it turns out that he can't because they've been actually drugging his food to not make to like make it so his powers don't work Huh. So that's actually like a very interesting uh story right there. Yeah, that's at fun. some point, yeah. At some point he does get out of the raft when the juggernaut like broke everything and everybody got out, and the purple man claimed to uh to be the person controlling the puppet master and that he was manipulating the people in Misty's Knights, Misty Knights heroes for hire, and he was actually just trying to establish a criminal organization. Uh but you know, even though he turns them against each other, he like he escapes for a bit and he kind of creates his own like criminal empire. He doesn't do very well because it's the fucking Purple Man. He's not actually very good because he the thing is that he he always escapes and he's like which avenger can i torture like do this and like fuck around in their head and also like assault them and it's like okay that well, can only go on for so long before somebody like, notices if that's
0: your only motivation is like torturing people then I like mean, what, it's what? Small i don't scale. know <laughs> i know it's not exactly like apocalypse level trying to no the it's the world. not
1: it's not apocalypse needs to get this shit together uh <laughs> so the last couple of points i want to say is that at one point when daredevil was in san francisco this is maybe like five years ago maybe less in which Daredevil like everybody knew what his identity was like I don't know they just kind of pulled a like Batman was doing the same thing at the time where it was like Batman's Bruce Wayne but then they erased their memories and in that the purple man's children because apparently from all the people he like fucked you know without their consent all had children and they worked together as like the purple the purple children and so Daredevil releases them from his hold and then in return they erase everybody's memories about like Matt Burdock's identity as daredevil and then finally after the purple man tracks down jessica jones for the 13th fucking time he tries to take control of carol danvers to fight her and carol danvers finally after she's possessed is like no grabs the purple man and throws him into this sun so he's dead now and i really just hope that like (laughs) yeah i just hope that carol danvers is the pinnacle of how we should treat all shitty exes <laughs>
0: and like shitty rapists
1: yeah I like mean, just throw all the rapists into the sun
0: literally just literally yeah. into the sun that's just a good throw them into them. a
1: giant ball of fire called carol danvers she's got like a special hotline for this she's like <laughs> if you know somebody that's hurting you i will throw them into the sun
0: i wish i wish that was I a know. real hotline Ugh. i me
1: too so, Speaking
0: of which, I mean, you know, I feel like Who's Gay is going to not have a lot of meat in it this, this no, week. No, not this uh, week. Let's try to do it anyway. The x
1: so the most i could get is that Kilgrave was gay but not
0: he's more he's more of like another example of like a pansexual rapist villain which yeah because like it doesn't uh,
1: it's rough because he basically like threatens both sarah and cyclops in this to like assault but also he's
0: way too into rusty in ways that are like like he's also a pedophile Yeah, yeah it's like
1: it's in a way that I don't even want to talk about who's know, because gay it's because like it's, like a it's a not fair t- to the LGBT community, yeah, you know? I certainly,
0: like, in watching the scene where he's putting on the makeup and stuff and, like, he's very, like, well-dressed, I was kind of like, there's some queer coding on this villain here and, like, I don't like it. But I also feel like in general, Kilgrave isn't really depicted that way. Like, at least in Jessica Jones, he's definitely depicted as just like, he's obsessed with Jessica. He's more of like a straight man, rapist character. Who's like very manipulative, very charismatic, but is a rapist. And like, that is very much what Jessica Jones is about is like, it's this, it's a story about trauma and like getting over trauma. And, I guess that's like the way I'd rather see Kilgrave is not, it's not good queer representation at all. It's more just like this character is a rapist. This character is an abuser. He's terrible. And I guess the parallel here, maybe if I want to try to come up with a way to make this work, is that like Rusty is a kid who's being abused. Maybe there's like sort of a queer uh, layer to that uh, abuse. And then he has somebody like Scott in his life now who scott can be like hey you know what like i'm an adult but i'm not a danger to you and like i can help you and protect you and like not every adult in your life is going to abuse you and treat you like shit some adults actually are trustworthy and want to be there for you and take care of you and like that is a real thing where like sometimes kids are in a position where like they're abused as a child they don't trust adults anymore or they end up with homophobia as a result of it and like have to which is really dark
1: shit it is really
0: dark and, (laughs) and Dark that's, as fuck it's episode. a dark episode
1: that's why i was like i mean there really isn't anybody that we can say who's gay in here because i don't want to even like put the purple man into that category because he's just like this pansexual rapist which is like the fun thing about who's gay is like the mutant metaphor for queer coding and all that well, but, but like, like that's not even what's happening here. It
0: here is that like all the characters in this allegory are mutants like Kilgrave as far as we know is a mutant and so is Rusty and so is Scott but that doesn't mean that Rusty's okay with what Kilgrave's doing to him you know what i mean like just cuz yeah. he's a mutant he's still a child and he's still like having his agency taken away so like there's kind of this nice story at the root of all this where somebody like scott is able to be like hey you can come out of this and like actually have real friends who care about you and like not be abused and be okay with who you are as a mutant and fight for mutant rights but not in this fucked up way (laughs) like in a different way yeah no i I did like that and there is like a queer narrative to that which is really sad but like ultimately hopeful at the end and like that's interesting me. i mean
1: i mean you, we can't really get into like who's gay on this so much as like there is a lot of queer credit coding in this episode like the whole like i'm not gonna as d- there
0: always right, is right it's yeah. like
1: it's like okay this kid's living out on the streets because he's gay and nobody's gonna adopt them because they're gay and like and like scott's you know,
0: crying alone in a corner and has no friends because okay but like he's can we gay. also
1: talk about that like, because he's gay uh <laughs> but so here's the here's the thing is that there is a very real thing here that you were talking about. How like the abused kid can like nobody's going to look at that. They won't question it because he's already acting out. Anyways, so they won't right? question that he's being abused. But that happened to a lot of gay kids, especially in the '90s and the yeah, '80s, because at the time, like you know, nobody like I said, they were still associated with being mentally ill. So it's kind of like. All the queer stuff in here is there, but it's in a very negative manner. Not in a negative manner that I want to be like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this because this is all real shit that happened. This is part of, like, queer... It's part of our gay community and our history as, like, how we have gotten to the rights that we have now it's like you think that it's hard now have
0: now yeah it's like you no longer see it as a disease or a mental illness and that means you're able to identify when somebody actually is abusive and be like this isn't because this person is gay that's not what the actual problem is the problem is they are a predator and that's no, a separate right. thing
1: anyway I- I did. I didn't want to like talk about politics. This is like really the queer section. We just didn't have anything else to talk about. I don't think we need to go any further down this dark route. <laughs> I don't. feel like we should talk the about something.
0: Forced us to do this. I, yeah, you know. it's
1: peppy. This is. Let's get out of this. I think we can close on this note saying that shit was really horrible in the 80s and the 90s for the queer what? community
0: just like scott summers you can come out of it and you can yes. find a wonderful boyfriend like wolverine <laughs>
1: yes i is... mean that is our goals and light so <laughs> that
0: is our goals anyway and so this this i guess we're at the plug section um yeah. we did it here we are so as we said before we have uh, YouTube channel where we put up Let's Plays and all this other X-Men related content and we're going to try to do even more of that for you as best we can. Every our Thursday. Every Thursday. We're promising it right now. Well, okay, we're gonna no, that's, do. Uh, that's,
1: it's going to be most Thursdays. <laughs> most you can watch Thursdays. us play Let's Plays you could do you could watch our parody of the x-men that we did in high school and that we yes. reacted to as adults which maddie can, watched again last you can night do that. i did watch
0: d2 when i couldn't sleep and it's a great film it's a terrible film it's a yeah great we film. do
1: we do other <laughs> x-men parodies on there as well and we sometimes do. we do like throwback theaters where we read old material that maddie and i wrote or created in high school and we right. laugh at it yes. and we do like little dub overs of our voices to the animated series and the cartoons up on there
0: yeah, so there's a bunch of good stuff on the Mutant Ages YouTube channel, and we also have a bunch of other social medias where we just post a bunch of stuff about the show and other fun X-Men stuff, so we're at the Mutant Ages pretty much everywhere on like Insta, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Tumblr all of those places you can find the Mutant Ages, and we're individually at a lot of those places. I'm at Mitty Myers on Twitter and most places.
1: Yep, and I'm Ryan Pagella pretty much everywhere except for Instagram, in which case I am Ryan.pagella. And you can write into us so we can start putting your reader mail into our mailbag episode that we'll yes. be releasing. You can send us uh, emails over at the mutantages at gmail.com or you can also send us physical mail And I have to pull up the thing because I wasn't ready to to do it. it.
0: It's P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts 01760. And you know what else we've got? We've got a voicemail line. You can leave us a voicemail and we will play it and we will respond to it. And that number is 508-319-1668. And, and you
1: have to put a one at the beginning of that if you're calling from out of the U.S.
0: Yeah. I mean, or you could just put a one at the beginning of it every time. You know what I mean? Just hey, just, to just
1: just, get just, in the habit of doing that. Just
0: one in there, you know? Yeah. Do whatever you want. We also have a Discord server where people hang out and, like, shoot the shit about X-Men and other stuff. And you can find the link to that at MutantAges.com. And on the right side, you'll find that and all the other information that you want. And all of our wonderful links that you want.
1: Yep. And most importantly... We have a Patreon and since we're creating more content, it would be fantastic if you donated to our Patreon because we'll also be uploading more Patreon content as well. Yeah. So you can find that over at the Mutant Ages on Patreon. We do special podcast episodes on there. We also sometimes put up little videos. I put up all of our show notes after the episode comes out.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you want Mutant Ages stuff, there are so many places to get it. And just as a reminder, if you can't donate, you can't afford to donate, we totally understand, but something else you can do to help out the show is just share it with your friends write an itunes review leave a comment whatever that stuff all super helps the show like ratings and reviews yep. any type of visibility that it you helps can give the increase show. our
1: visibility yep
0: uh is that everything
1: it is well, that's it we nailed it we've done it so many times yeah it was a dark app what's coming up next maddie so people can follow along with us
0: oh my god okay i have to look it up hold on
1: Okay, hold on. I can actually look it up cuz they have it in the Mutant ages old document. Do, so the next episode we are watching is Longshot, which again I think was supposed to be in a previous yeah, season. I feel like we've
0: already watched an episode about Longshot that I we thought did. It was called Longshot, but apparently it was No, it, it was not
1: that was just like a different episode that featured Longshot in a main character capacity, but now we're just going to visit him again. I don't know. It's
0: almost like we have amnesia, just like Longshot does, and we've forgotten all about it. Oh, my God. I don't even want to... I don't know. Well,
1: thank God we already did that character spotlight, because that's done. I don't know who's going to be in that more mojo. Fucking Bat Creepo. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So you can just tune in next week and find out what's going on with that. All
1: right. (laughs) Yep.
0: We'll see you next time. See you next time.
1: Call me Wolverine.
0: (laughs) The (laughs) New